0: So Margie, I'm really looking forward to our discussion today with Casey, as she's going to focus on some of the biggest concerns that companies are facing in this current environment. We've heard so much about liquidity, and right along with that comes cash tax savings, and that's going to be the focus of the discussion today, so I'm excited to talk with Casey about this.
1: That's right, Julie. I'm also looking forward to this conversation with Casey. Although we're all living through this strange chapter, some companies are thriving, other companies are just surviving, but most companies are still very focused on cash. So with that, let's talk tax.
0: You're listening to Tap into Tax. TWC's podcast series covering current regulatory, legislative, and technology hot topics through the lens of our technical leaders, as well as process and technology subject matter specialists.
1: This podcast features discussions with some of our leading minds around tax, trade, and domestic policy. Stay tuned to our regular updates and subscribe to our series to get notified as new episodes are published.
0: Hello, listeners. This is Julie Allen, and I'm PwC's National Tax Service Market Leader. And today I'm joined by Margie Dundeshaw, PwC's U.S. Tax Reporting and Strategy Leader, and Casey Dunn, PwC's National Practice Leader for our Lead Tax Partners. And Casey, it's a pleasure to have you here with us today because I know that you see a wide range of issues that our clients are facing across all sectors. So we're really grateful to have your perspective. And so Casey, welcome to Tap into Tax.
2: Thanks for having me, Julie Margie. So
0: Casey, let's level set. You know, many of our clients in this current environment have been focused on liquidity and that has been a top of mind issue for them. And we know that tax functions are being asked by the C-suite to participate in an effort to reduce cost and generate cash, if at all possible. And so how are tax functions responding to this? Can you tell us what you are seeing at clients?
2: Of course, Julie. Overall, we're seeing clients in a wide range of cash positions. Some are very focused on cash outlay, and as a result, tax functions are thinking about cash tax flows. For several months now, many clients have been evaluating cash tax opportunities, looking at NOL carrybacks, accounting method changes, and reverse income tax audits for state tax purposes. But now is really a critical point in time. Businesses are better able to take more decisive decisions on cash tax savings projects. The core reason behind that is that they're in the final quarter of the calendar year for 2020. And they have a better understanding of what the 2020 results and forecasts will look like, whereas earlier in the year, there was quite a bit of uncertainty still out there. Now, many companies have a much better data in place to be able to implement those cash tax-related actions. An important example is the NOL carryback, which was allowed under the CARES Act. This year, we have assisted many clients in filing their 2018 NOL carrybacks. As well as their 2019 NOL bare bones carryback, which allowed them to get cash refunds earlier this year. Now, our clients are finalizing their 2019 actual tax returns, which is allowing them to evaluate in more detail and understand that final 2019 NOL position while then projecting their potential 2020 NOL carryback. The bottom line is that now companies have better data. And they should and can take a fresh look at any of those planning opportunities.
0: You know, Casey, I am seeing similar trends with my clients. And I think you hit the nail on the head that earlier in the year, that forecasting, nobody really knew where we were going with that. But now there's a bit more certainty. So they're able to do better forecasting and and have that play into the data that they're looking at. So it's very interesting that I think now clients, that they have that additional detail, they're able to gauge what calculations they need a deeper dive and achieving proper reporting and claiming any eligible tax savings. So Casey, would you give us more insight and maybe some more detailed examples of what cash tax saving opportunities you are seeing clients really focus on? I'm sure that there are so many examples. So maybe to just keep our discussion short and focused, it would be great if you could give us just a couple of ideas of what you're seeing and what the most impactful examples are.
2: Sure, Julie. I mentioned the NOL carryback refunds. And as we work through calculating these amounts, there's a large spectrum of tax opportunities to really help companies get the most liquidity they're eligible to claim. Even for companies that are not seeking NOL carrybacks, they still want to lower that out-of-pocket tax Costs by reducing their taxable income. So I'm actually seeing several different buckets of opportunities. The first is evaluating the favorable provisions enacted in the CARES Act, which were intended to help businesses bolster their liquidity. These included provisions relating to the recovery of excess AMT credit. And taxpayers were also provided the option to use 50% ATI for the Section 163 limitation as well as to use 2019 ATI as opposed to 2020 for purposes of the 2020 Section 163J limitation. And then finally, under the CARES Act, the employee retention credits have also been helpful for companies seeking significant cash tax savings, either in the form of reduced quarterly payroll deposits or an advanced payment of such credits through the IRS. The second bucket I'm seeing is a large number of Treasury regulations have been released, which provide more clarity for taxpayers, but may require taxpayers to make certain choices. Some recently released regulations provided taxpayers with the ability to early adopt certain portions of the reg, which requires modeling of those implications due to the uh, interrelated nature of all the provisions. Taxpayers may be surprised by the favorable results of these choices. So examples include the early adoption of the guilty high tax exception for 2019 and for 2018. Under these regulations, guilty income that is subject to the exception causes certain related expenses such as interest, to be shifted into an exempt bucket. And this has a knock-on effect, which could potentially impact the company's foreign tax credit utilization and other buckets. Taxpayers also may choose to early adopt the Section 163J final and proposed regulations. This choice could impact the amount of interest deducted by the taxpayer in a given year, which in turn may impact the Section 250 deduction, foreign tax credit utilization, and other items. Other regulations have also been finalized requiring companies to go back and reassess prior calculations. So, for example, more clarity was provided around the final beat regulations regarding the deduction waiver provisions, particularly how the wave deduction impacts the base erosion percentage fraction. A second example is a reversal of a rule in the proposed 163J reg that would have denied an addback to ATI for certain depreciation, amortization, or depletion capitalized to inventory under Section 263 TAFE. In addition, more regulations on bonus depreciation have been finalized, prompting taxpayers to revisit these deductions as they are often very significant for taxpayers. A third bucket of cash tax savings opportunities is related to accounting methods. So companies may want to identify opportunities to defer income and accelerate deductions to improve cash flow where tax rules allow taxpayers to do so. An accounting method study analyzes the timing of income, such as looking at advanced payments and deductions, such as prepaid expenses, bad debt, deferred costs, and other items. The study enables the tax function within an organization to then evaluate the ability to utilize, to change, or to adopt to advantageous accounting methods or even suggest changes to underlying business terms. Accounting method planning may also achieve permanent tax benefits, so we're seeing some clients able to increase NOL carrybacks and alleviate the loss of attributes by changing methods, as well as mitigating their beat liability by recharacterizing their payments as cost of goods sold. Some companies also may be able to mitigate their Section 163J interest deduction disallowance by capitalizing that interest or converting SG&A type costs into depreciable basis. And then finally, the fourth bucket consists of calculations that could benefit from what I'm calling a second set of eyes review. So for example, a so-called reverse income tax audit can result in potential state and local refunds in order to enhance liquidity. A fresh set of eyes analyzes the client's tax return for state income tax, net worth tax, and other types of tax credits that often help identify and resolve industry-specific positions and issues that, that clients are dealing with.
0: Thanks, Casey. I know that is a lot of information when I said, can you take all that's happened during our current environment and bring that down to a summary? And I think that was an excellent summary of focusing on what's happened with the CARES Act and the cash tax savings, with the regulatory changes, with accounting methods, and you know, bonus depreciation and other areas like 163J, and then really bringing it to that second set of eyes, take another review for federal and for state and local purposes to see what areas companies can have those cash tax savings. I think that was an excellent review of that. And so I think with that, we can see that there are a lot of areas that tax functions should be focusing on right now. And many are challenging to manage both from a technical tax perspective, And from a project management perspective. So, Casey, do you have any success stories that can inspire our listeners today? You know, how have your clients turned lemons into lemonade, essentially?
2: Actually, I do. So one of my uh, more recent success stories has been a client that was pursuing NOL carrybacks for both 2018 and 2019. While we created a bare bones 2019 carryback estimate earlier in the year to allow that cash tax refund to come in the door earlier for the company, we continued to work through the 2019 tax return and provided a more thorough data gathering and analysis considering some of the recent law changes and, and other changes that were going on. We were able to derive additional financial benefits for the client. So the team modeled out the new guilty high-tax exception and looked at section 163 J limitation regulations that came out. And combining these two items increased the NOL and actually helped eliminate the beat liability that the company was facing. So the modeling was critical to see how all these provisions came together and were interrelated. This wasn't an overnight kind of aha moment. It was really a journey coupled over, over many months, over many weeks, and a lot of hard work to pull together and analyze these calculations, but it ended up to be a very financially productive exercise and increased NOL for the client.
1: Casey, that was a great example. I've seen various success stories myself. Many of them resulted in tax cash savings by focusing on the specific calculations that you just mentioned, Casey. I've also had clients layer on additional time savings by simultaneously creating and implementing process improvements that will provide an ongoing benefit relating to those same calculations year after year, particularly relating to newer calculations such as those created by TCJA. The main catalyst that I've seen for achieving these incremental wins has been small automations. I've had clients that identified a manual process, such as addressing high-volume data sets, that high-volume data that's required for many of those iterative calculations that Casey was speaking about, and they've been able to implement simple automation techniques to minimize the time and effort needed to run and rerun and model these calculations so not only could they identify the best cash tax savings, in a really efficient manner, it also saved themselves the cost of their time because they were able to run these scenarios in a much more efficient way. So some of these small automation fixes can be implemented in a couple of days, but with a large payoff in terms of recurring the hours that were saved. So other clients I've seen implement a pilot approach where they started small on small parts or small subcomponent parts of their calculations, but then have had the ability to pivot and implement the automated approach more broadly broadly over a period of time. So the tax functions then obtain not only the cost benefits due to these increased deficiencies, but they can also tout the fact that it did not need to purchase any additional technology or software to do so. So let's wrap up by discussing some key takeaways for clients regarding tax cash savings. So Casey, start us off based on your experiences across many industries. What should companies be focusing on?
2: Thanks, Margie. My key takeaways for tax executives would be first, to take time to pause and evaluate next steps. It may be tempting to move forward quickly with particular initiatives, but more upfront digging and analysis can help tax functions prioritize their efforts for cash tax savings. Second, they should consider the power of benchmarking within their industry. Companies can get a tremendous level of benefit if they understand both the most common tax issues and cash tax savings areas that are arising within a particular industry and how companies are working through those challenges. My third takeaway is the importance of modeling. For many decades, TAX has had various silos where specific teams calculated their specific area, such as fixed assets or export-related tax benefits, with relatively little interaction with other team members. This is difficult due to the interplay between the various provisions, which is requiring the TAX function to choose a modeling methodology, which can be a third-party tool, such as PwC's Beacon Platinum, or their own in-house tool. As the election nears and the details of the two presidential candidates' tax proposals become more clear, modeling the future legislative changes will be critical to help prepare for post-election tax law changes that could have a significant impact also on cash tax savings for these companies. Casey,
1: I completely agree. With regard to modeling, I would add that clients' tax software might not yet have the functionality to model the complex interplay between all the different provisions. Tax functions should identify alternate calculation engines, automate the movement of data from the calculation engine to the compliance software, and it also helps if they can automate some of their review procedures so that as things change, they can quickly go back through a calculation cycle. The complexity and lack of time can be a common pain point for this effort and having a faster cycle time and less cumbersome cycling is also really important. Another suggestion is for tax functions to focus on the vitality of the organization's current legal entity structure. We're seeing leading tax functions along with tax and finance and their legal colleagues Pursue legal entity rationalization studies to determine whether all the legal entities that exist in their structure are truly needed. And particularly when we're having a transaction, think about after a disposition and you're looking at the remaining company, are all those entities still needed and do they still have a purpose in your structure? This streamlining of an organization structure can really be a win-win because the reduction of the legal entities can reduce the complexity of some of these calculations by not having P&L sprinkled over more entities than is really necessary. And it can reduce risk. It can reduce SG&A expenses. It can reduce your tax compliance costs
0: and cash tax related costs. Casey and Margie, thank you both for sharing all of your great insights on this topic. The things that you've highlighted for our clients and for companies to consider about cash tax savings, the importance of modeling, really focusing on automation and the cost benefit and increased efficiencies that we can have from automation and from strong modeling, and then taking that appropriate time to pause and evaluate the next steps and really look for those alternative calculation engines if the company doesn't currently have them, I think are really key takeaways. So thank you for your time. And there's more to come on this topic as we watch the economy, the election, and resulting tax policy decisions unfold, all of which will have an impact on our clients' cash tax obligations. So thanks again, Casey and Margie, for all of your time today. And thanks to all of our listeners for joining us. We look forward to speaking with you soon.